All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, let's get it. You ready? All right, yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks. Starks artist. And you are now tuned in to the Just Different Podcast where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. That's crazy. I've done that 99 times. Look at you. I <laughs> <laughs> look at you. <laughs> 99 of them things, man. I really been sitting on that. That is crazy. We, you probably did it more than 99, though. We had a couple episodes that ain't come out. Oh, that's true. I did think about that. Yeah, but, you know, on the record, like on the books, <laughs> on the books. But, yeah, bro, episode 99. We got episode 100 coming this 100. Friday. 100. Let me tell you, after that, going into the summer, it's up. Yeah. It's up. We've been sitting it's down. It's up there, and it's stuck there. <laughs> We've been strategizing. Strategi- strategi- Come on, Help bro. me out. Help me out. Help me out. Help me out. Help Fumbling me out. Fumbling on 99 is crazy, I know. It is bro. crazy. Help me out. Help me out. Strategizing. Yes. Yeah. Planning, getting things together. A lot of guests are going to have coming on that you all have, like, recommended and given to us, which we're excited about. Um, and then, of course, like, I've been promoting. I've been, like, really trying to hype it up. But it's going to be fire. The parents are coming yeah, on. Is it going to be fire? We're going to be recording that super soon. And actually, I would like to know what would you all want to hear from them? Yeah, because like, what need, questions yeah. do you? I mean, I kind of know where we can go, <laughs> but what questions do y'all think y'all would want to ask? Even if it's about us, like when we were kids or something, or like even their thoughts on whatever it is. Yeah. But if y'all tune into the story time, y'all got a little kind of sneak peek. Uh, cause oh, no, we got to run that. Yeah, we got to run that back with call uh, mama. Yeah. yeah, we got to run that back with daddy. So though. he can have, so the, he can have his, his side. <laughs> That was gonna be funny. Yeah, so we actually did something in February. We did a story time. It was the worst whooping we ever got, and so yeah, we went yeah, through yeah. that story. And then I called my mom during the episode, and she like corroborated the story, which was hilarious. So we're gonna ask her dad about yeah, it. That's good. Oh um, so definitely, I'm super hyped. I can't wait. Um, it's still, I'm still taking it in. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not normal at all. And we'll talk more about it uh, Friday. But I'm ready to get. I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready. Yep. I'm but nonetheless, you ready to get into it? Yeah, let's go. All right, so we're just going to go straight into, um, I think we're going to go with what's the word for right oh, now. Okay. Like It's going to be like the interim, right. you know, like title for it like works. the so segment. Smooth, though, it does work really well, I like though. it. I like it. I what's love it. Shout out to whoever gave it to us. Um, but yeah, what's the word for this week where we just get into like just some real biblical insight on like what we've been studying uh, in the word versus that have been like standing out to us. And so for me... Something that, of course, I always say this, but there's always, I feel like, 10 million things you're always learning at once sometimes, especially in different seasons. But a big thing for me has been learning what it looks like for anointing to have accountability. And so the fact that being gifted isn't enough and to really properly handle everything that God's given you, uh, whatever that looks like, um, the gift that you have, the platform, the ministry, the job, uh, the position you are in school, um, there has to be parameters around that of people you have in your life speaking to you um, to make sure you're not going to fumble <laughs> or lose or mismanage what God has given you. And this kind of goes really uh, very adjacent to what we talked about Friday, even with um, being able to accept constructive criticism. Yeah. But yeah, so the verse really that I, I wanted to start with with this, with this that I've been kind of like studying and like has been brought to my mind is First Peter Five six, and it says, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time." And so, it's really that first part that I wanted to focus on and get into is the fact that you have to humble yourself. Yep. So, when we talk about humility, 
it is an act that you have to undergo an intentional decision that doesn't necessarily happen for you, right? And something I know I've heard before is the fact that God will always give you an opportunity to humble yourself before he has to. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about this aspect of humility, I think it has almost a lot of different parts. I think a part of it is a, in, in this context is, okay, being very open, honest, transparent and vulnerable with what's going on with your life, the struggles that you're having, things that you need help with, that you need to work on and not having like all of these secrets or skeletons in the closet that you're trying to keep away from like God, the people around you, the public, whatever it is, because at some point, like, you know, like I said, like he is going to, you're going to do it or he will. Yeah. Right. But there's there, there's no in between there's nothing <laughs> no stone that would be left unturned and so no, for real. that's a part of humility um and that part of even um vulnerability that you give mm-hmm. um and then i think another part of it which is where i really want to get into is humility and big part is also like submission right and not just submission to god per se although that is obviously first and foremost but also to like the authority figures and people that you have around you especially those who are like wiser you know, and so I think that's what I've I've been learning because to, to to my point of like you humbling yourself before God has to because you want to make sure that you're being proactive and seeking out specifically what I'm talking about is like just mentorship yeah. and having people who are older, who are wiser, seasoned and have walked out the relationship with God and have been tested through the fire through different seasons and can really help you with where you are now. Yeah. And so it's important to be very like proactive in that pursuit of like wisdom before you're put in a position where like you actually need it. Yeah. You know, like you're finally in a position or you find yourself in a circumstance where it's like, dang, like I needed that counsel. I needed that person to turn to that. I didn't like give attention to a few months ago. Right. And you're running into all these roadblocks that could have been prevented if you have just like put these things into place. Yeah, no, I think this is low key. I think like the next step for me, just kind of looking for this in this whole conversation. I feel like, you know, once you kind of have your circle and your friends, I feel like we talk about that a lot. We talk about community and since it's like having your peers and your friends around you who are like minded, but I think like we're saying, it's also important to have someone who's like been around the block. Like, you know, someone who's, who's been, <laughs> been around the block, <laughs> someone who's been there, done that. It's important to have that or that person in your life as well that you can just get like wise counsel from. You can't just get wise counsel from just anyone. You know what I mean? Um, and I've been I've been mingling with Proverbs re- uh, recently. And um, bro, so he's trying to be like <laughs> big bro. I've been mingling with Proverbs. So this verse in Proverbs 24, 6 that caught my eye, I actually wrote it down in my notebook. It says, for by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. Um, mm, and I was thinking fire. about so, and immediately, immediately when it said wage your war, I thought about like the war that we have against the flesh because that's literally what it is, and the mm-hmm. word refers to it as like it's it's a, you're waging war against the flesh. So in this war, you will need wise guidance. Is basically what it's saying. And without the wise guidance, like there won't necessarily be victory. It's something that you need that counseling. And that and that you know that wow that wise um kind of like person in your ear telling you you know don't do this do this et cetera et cetera percent yeah so I thought that verse was like real applicable just even like obviously the formula and the guarantee of victory yeah right I yeah. love that too it, there's a lot of like those in like different verses that we miss sometimes facts like understanding our victory is in obviously the abundance of wise mm, counsel right yeah so if you're looking for that to be the end goal then like that's what you need in place and to your point. 
to what the verse is saying about even having that wisdom around you to for that war that you have to wage against your flesh. Because what happens is sometimes you can just be in a position where you're extremely anointed yep. and gifted, talented, and you have something that um, you're building, like I mentioned, and you can be doing that outside of that council and having those people so like to make sure that your character is in checked. Yeah. And that integrity you can uphold as you're building whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens a lot of times, and we see this, like you see someone who is extremely gifted in communication, whether that be um in music, right? Or media or fill in the blank, and they're building like this platform, their brand, this ministry, or just themselves in life, and they continue to excel and excel and mm -hmm. excel. And then at some point, they get to like the very top, then it all just falls down. Yeah. Because their foundation wasn't built on anything that was solid, right? Because they didn't have anyone to tell them when they were getting to the second floor, yeah. like, oh, bro, there's a crack there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't compromise that one. That's going to come back to get you later. That's going to come back to get you. Yeah. Oh, no, that skeleton right there, bring it. Yeah. You can't take that to the next level. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Actually, I've seen this level before. Let me tell you what you need to do to navigate it mm -hmm. so you don't have problems whenever you continue to elevate, you yep. know? But that only comes from someone who's already been up every floor, who's, ever, who's already seen oh, yeah. not necessarily every level, but a large majority of them. Mm -hmm. It's a cheat code, really. No, it really is, bro. I've been thinking about this lately just because, well, how do I want to word this, bro? Like, just thinking, I've been thinking about marriage, right? Because I'm kind of like getting to the stage where that's something I'm thinking about more. And there's just certain things that you kind of encounter that's like, dang, like, what do I do? Because it's like uncharted territory when you really, because mm. you've never been married, you've never experienced it. So exactly. I've been thinking like, you have to have somebody that's like, been there mm -hmm. to give you advice because like otherwise you're just going to drown like because it's like you've never done it they've never done it this is y'all's first time being married like y'all know what's going on you gotta you gotta have it so that's something i've even been thinking about too like if you're going somewhere you've never been it's best to get someone who's been there best to get someone who's seen it run it yeah run it. yeah facts, facts if you've gone somewhere you've never been it's best to talk to someone who's been there who's been there yeah that's, show you the ins and outs that's very important and Something that I remember I had a conversation with one of my like family members a long time ago and they were trying to tell me is the fact that you don't have to learn the hard way. That's, that's actually fire. That's what this comes down to. Really having don't. mentors and mm. people who are older and wiser around you, it is literally a cheat code. What <laughs> sense does it make for me to go through every trap, every snare and every stumbling block? That yeah. prevented someone who's, you know what I mean? Someone else has already been down this path, mm. right? And so that's what I'm even, like, understanding and really, like, grasping now is, you know them TikToks, like, that are, like, like <laughs> they'll be, like, you like POV, uh, your parents said that, like, you'll, you'll understand when you're older. And now you understand <laughs> you're older. <laughs> now you're older. <laughs> like, you get it now. You that understand. That's so um, facts, bro. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's a sense that it is um, it is that which can allow you to avoid a lot of just, like, unnecessary mistakes, unnecessary hurt, unnecessary pain yeah. that you wouldn't have otherwise needed to go through if you just would have listened to someone who had been there before. It's necessary, right? Mm -hmm. And even, of course, biblically, the 
aspect of discipleship is literally ingrained like within what Christianity is, what our yeah. faith is all about. And it's something that you can't do without, right? Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can just like walk out your faith in this life without having someone that's covering you, that's walking with you, right? That's the only way for us to like do it. Like we, it has to be together and yeah. on a very intimate level. Yeah. Even when you think about, um, you were telling me about Proverbs, like that was literally Solomon. His intention was like writing to his son, right? Right. So like 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 you were saying, that's literally embedded in the Bible. The, the whole book of Proverbs is just wisdom. And Solomon was like, I want to make sure my son don't stumble in the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I want the stumble the stumbling blocks to become hurdles for him. Let me make this whole entire book so that he can have he can have it. Right. It was, that that's what it was, bro. So yeah, it's 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 there. It's there in the Bible. So we just kind of got to apply it to our own lives. A hundred percent. Um, like you said, like all of those stumbling blocks ultimately being stepping stones for yeah. you for us right if we're heeding to that counsel and even when you think about the disciples um you see this concept of like discipleship of course as they're walking with jesus for three years you know so you when you look at what they begin to do in acts as they're walking out their ministry you have to realize that a part of what gave them that amount of influence and impact is not just because of the power from the spirit but the time that they spent with him. Yeah. It was, it was everything that they had learned, mm-hmm. accumulated of like, oh, wait, no, we've seen this before. I remember how he did this. Wait, no, he left us with these words yeah. to hang on to. Hold on. How do I pray? Oh, wait. He gave me the blueprint. Yeah, it, it was yeah. it was them walking out um, everything that they had knew before. And then, of course, what? Giving that to other people and yeah. so on and so forth. And on. so... That being a big part of it. Um, and then I actually saw this post that mm. um, sparked the thought too a really long time ago. It's um, Caleb Callahan. He posted this, but it's, it says that Gen Z is Gen Zill, but Zill without direction is pointless. No longer can we as Gen Z get discipled by our favorite Christian content creators. We need real discipleship with real people face to face. Content creators are resourceful and great at stirring faith, but we need Bible discipleship. The word of God is to be our ultimate source of knowledge and a wiser, older person should lead us in this. Should a ship sail with no direction? Absolutely not. Gen Z needs direction and that direction is called face-to-face biblical discipleship. Gen Z, we need to humble ourselves under modern modern day Paul's, Peter's, Deborah's, and Priscilla's because we don't know everything. When you receive direction to your zeal, then you will begin to see breakthrough in your walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what the first thing that really sparked this conversation with me when I saw that. And again, like I see it again here and I didn't even realize it. It's the fact that he says here, like we need to humble ourselves. Yeah. And that's why I started with that because a big part of even allowing yourself to accept the wisdom and direction to be under someone who wants to help you walk this life with God out you have to be it takes level of humility it's a fact of okay yeah understanding no I don't know everything Mm -hmm. because sometimes you think you can do without you can do so bad by yourself I'll figure it out the way I always have right in our pride and ego just getting in the way of the discipleship that we just desperately need and so yeah that was pretty much it. That was like the biggest thing of like just humbling yourself to the point of submission yeah. to the authority of people around you. And so being very intentional about seeking out 
mentors in whatever capacity that looks like really asking God for him to reveal people in your life presently or him to send people who are older that can help you in whatever season that you're in and whatever that looks like. So that's what I've had to do. Um, And literally I remember I did that. I think it was like in March or April and I just saw all these people. Well, not, not like necessarily a huge amount, but I began to see Right with speed dating for mentors (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I began to see Oh like those specific individuals Literally fall into place Like it was crazy And so um, that makes all the difference And it's necessary You can't go without it Because sometimes you can be walking You know this this life out Like you know you're good Kind of just on your own Yeah no facts Shout out to I like that post Shout out to Caleb Shout out to Caleb That that, that was a good post That was a good post Shout out to Caleb So my my was the word I was reading in um, Well I wasn't reading It was actually my notes Um, When I'm reading I still have this notebook Right next to me Where I take all my notes And I was kind of just Going through them um, Reading through them I study them at least Once a week All of the pages And there's this one verse it stuck out to me that I thought was really good. I kind of been meditating on throughout, you know, this whole the top of this week till now. It's Thessalonians one three, and it says, "We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ." So, this is one of those verses where it's like the the um, you kind of have to read it backwards. So it's saying like your your endurance was inspired by your hope. And it's like your your labor was prompted by your love and um, your work was coming from your faith, right? So the faith led to the work, the love led to the labor, and the hope is what kept the endurance. And so I kind of sat with that. And I was thinking about how like in this verse and in life in general, the fruit always precedes the act. So the fruit comes first and then out of the fruit, like that's what flows the act. That's what, that's how you get the work. That's how you get the labor. That's how you, how you get the endurance is through the first having the fruits. And I think sometimes in our lives and I get caught up trying to do it the other way around. Like I try to like work for my faith. Like if I'm not, you know, feel like I'm not the strongest in my faith, I try to work for it. Or if, if, you know, I feel like I'm not feeling the most loving, I try to like labor through it or instead of the other way around, you know what I mean? Um, and it's always about getting to the fruit first. And then once you have that, all the stuff is going to flow out of it instead of trying to kind of like address it, address it yourself and fix the problem yourself and trying to push through it. It's like first analyzing, OK, if something is amiss, it's with the fruit. So like, let me make sure I have the love I need, the faith I need, the hope I need through God's presence in the spirit. And then once that's established, then it'll be more seamless. It'll be more um, natural instead of you trying to force it all the time. So, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was really good. Mine, mine's pretty, you know, what I'm saying. Sure and sweet, but I thought I thought so, it was something that's really good that I did want to mention. But no, that's fire. So, no, yeah, that's the what's the word for this week, and that'll be like I said, the interim kind of title. Y'all, we still we still working through, right? I feel like sometimes that happens whenever like you have something good, but you're like waiting for it like to get better. Like you're like, <laughs> like you you're like, oh wait, let me hold on to this. But like, maybe is something there something there. else? Yeah, yeah, yeah like there's something yeah. else. But nonetheless, bro, getting into the say it again no, for this week, where we come here and we talk about something that we ever seen, heard, um, or been listening to that we felt was noteworthy to run back on the podcast. Here we are. Let's get into it. I'm excited about this one, bro. I've been so this is something I've been a thought and a revelation God gave me. I've been kind of sitting on for a little bit because I felt like there wasn't enough to really make a conversation out of it. But then the other day when I was really sitting with it and looking at it, God kind of gave me new language for it. Not the other day, that was actually today. 
I was sitting with it and God gave me new language for it. I was like, yes, bro, like this is fire. So I remember I was driving on my way um, to Nashville, I believe. I don't remember where I was going. I think I was going to Nashville. For some reason, you weren't with me. Was that when you went down for the graduation? No, because this was some weeks ago. So I don't uh, You were probably doing something. But I remember driving by myself somewhere. I'm, so I'm assuming it's Nashville because that's the only place I'll be going. Um, so I was driving, driving to Nashville. Maybe you were with me and I was just in my zone. You know how you just be so locked in. You just forget yeah, people. Never, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> you might have been there. I just don't remember because I was locked in just thinking. Um, so I was, I was just, I was really down bad. I was real stressed out. I was going through a lot of just like mentally trying to figure out some different things, make some decisions. I'm, I'm stressed out, man. And I'm, I'm just on my way down this car and on a long car ride. That's why I really like start to contemplate and think, you know what I'm saying? It's a good opportunity. So I'm just sitting here thinking like, dang, like, why can't life just be easy? You ever have the moments like, dang, why can't life just be easy? Like, what's going on? Like, why can't all this just be figured out? Like, I'd rather not be here right now. That's a fact. Yeah, I was like, dang, like, what's up with the suffering? Like, why do I have to suffer? So I remember thinking that. And then a little bit later, God told me it's not suffering, it's intimacy. And it was so crazy. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But, you know, when you have somebody like something happens in the classroom or something your best friends next to you and y'all look at each other and like <laughs> it don't have to be said but it's as clear as day bro right it was right. like that like it didn't have to be said but it was like clear like just in my head it was like that's it's a not great suffering. way to explain that it's intimate i was that's like fire though i was like because that's never happening before i was like what i was like cause i didn't hear anything but it was like clear like as clear as anything's ever been i was like dang i was like I had to sit with it for a second kind of mm. caught me off guard so i'm like dang that's crazy so and then i really thought about like really you have to kind of change your perspective on when you're going through kind of like those trials and those tribulations like it's not suffering it's intimate intimacy in the sense that every time you're going through something it's an opportunity to grow closer to god right just how he was on that cross and he suffered that is you there's there's certain levels of um hmm i think there's certain depths of, of your relationship with god that you can only get to by suffering and that's what he was telling me 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's what he was 100%. telling me. And so what? why this is important is because when you automatically start to run from this suffering and these trials in your life, you are robbing yourself of an opportunity to grow closer to God. And so I kind of just started sitting with it and really started to recognize the importance of this realization because not only is it suffering, but it's suffering correctly. Because we've all been in situations where we go through things and we kind of like run to, you know, what idols, the thing that, you know, we used to run to for comfort, whatever the case may be. So, yes, suffering is intimacy, but only if you do it the right way. Y'all know I love my visualization and my, you know, um, what's the word? Analogies. Analogies. I almost forgot. Um, So the way I kind of look at it is when you're at the end of your rope and you're really just kind of going through it and your your hand is out, you're you're holding your rope with one hand, your other hand's out like, yo, where do I go? You can either in that situation, in that opportunity, be like, hey, I'm going to grab this rope that God's putting out for me and I'm going to use this as an opportunity to grow closer to him. Or sometimes if you don't make that choice, your hands out and the enemy will try to like swoop in and take your hand. And I think that's why it's so important because that that's that's usually the two the two options. Like when you're suffering and you're going through something, it's either an opportunity to grow closer to God or the enemy is going to try to use it as an opportunity to pull you further away from it. That's so hard because I can see it now. Yeah. Like you're just you're you're like you're blindfolded. Mm. You're walking. Yeah. And you have. There's something trying to take your hand. There's something mm. that is going to be guiding you through this it's gonna darkness because you can't see. It's going to be something. But you have the decision to choose 
right? Mm. Which person is going to be leading you out of this? Yeah, like it's 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 there's no more rope for you. Like you have to grab something else. Like your yeah. rope is gone. <laughs> and sometimes, like you said, when the devil is trying to swoop in, or rather, mm. the enemy wants to come in and try to take you away, it seems as if that's the easier mm. route. Yep, facts. that is the it, it's the quickest, most convenient way out of what you're in right now. That's a fact. And sometimes when we, I guess. You know, when we're thinking about God and and I guess sometimes when we're thinking about God and the process we know he may be wanting to take us through in this, we just don't want to deal with it. We don't want to. Usually his rope the is kind of, yeah, usually his rope is kind of like over here. The rope that's right in front of you is the one that's, you know, it's, it's the easy choice. Mm-hmm. It's a simple choice. The enemy's trying to trick you into grabbing. Um, yeah, so with this, I was sitting on this and I looked up some verses just about suffering, trying to look more into it. And there was this verse in first Peter five ten, and it says, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. So I look at this like an equation. So it's literally saying you suffer, right? And suffer the right way. And that equals restoration being confirmed, strengthened, and being established, right? So it's an equation when you look at the verse. So then I started thinking more about the equation. Like, I'm, I'm walking y'all through how all this got revealed to me. So then I kind of started digging into the equation thing, like, hmm, an equation. And I was thinking about sometimes when we look at this equation of, like, you know, suffering and doing it the right way equals all of this, we kind of just, we forget the other side of the equal sign, and we just focus on the suffering because it's right in front of us. It's, it's, it's real. It's like what you grab onto it, and, it, and it's hard to kind of focus on the equals and what comes after. And so I started thinking about actual mathematic equations, right? You never label an equation based on what it is, but based on what you get from it. So for example, when I look at five plus four, I don't look at that and say, yeah, bro, that's five plus four. What do I say? I say that's nine. So I'm not labeling the equation. I'm not labeling the equation based on what it is, but based on the product. Every time, like any math class you go into, that's how it works, right? So with its equation of suffering and suffering well, equaling all of these things after, you cannot look at your suffering at face value and label it for what it is, but label it for what you're getting. Label it for the product. So that's why when I say suffering is intimacy, that's the mindset you have to have. Like that same mindset you have with equations is like, I see the suffering, but mm, let me see the other side of this equal sign. It's intimacy. Y'all, I'm going crazy it, right bro. now. I was going crazy, bro. Bro, I was going crazy, bro. Teach it. I was sitting here like, that's crazy. Teach the text. You never label an equation based on what it is, but based on what you get from it. And I think, here's the thing, and it, this goes even deeper than suffering. We do this with everything. Outside of math, for some reason, it's like we look at everything so face value. But it's like, well, you never label something based on what it is, but like what af- what's after the equal sign? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't look at five plus four and say, yeah, it's five plus four. The, the, te- the teacher's going to look at me dumbfounded. Like, what are you talking about? Because it's nine. The teacher knows it's nine. Everyone else in the class knows it's nine. Not looking at suffering, is it? So it's not suffering. Intimacy. It's intimacy, bro. It's intimacy. Okay. So this takes me somewhere else. This takes me somewhere else. This one ain't, this, that, that was the craziest part about all this. That revelation I got, <laughs> that I was, was like, that's crazy. crazy. I was like, that was crazy. That's, the spirit led me there. So I've also been reading this book I've been telling you about, The Awe of God by John Bevere. And what he said in here kind of added on t- on top of this whole entire point about suffering. He was talking about how um, hmm, we have to learn to stop being so like self-seeking in our in our relationship with God and how subconsciously 
you can just start to look at his decrees and automatically um, worry about like, okay, how is that going to affect me in a sense? And he's just talking about how you have to serve the Lord, even when it doesn't personally seem beneficial. So back Mm. to to my point about suffering, it's like sometimes God's going to walk you into something, which is where I was at when I'm in this car ride. That's where I was at. He was walking me into a situation that just seemed so confusing and it didn't seem personally beneficial. And, And my first instinct was like to run because of that. But you have to kind of detach yourself from that mindset and stop kind of looking at things from an angle of like, how is this going to benefit me? Because I think when you're in the world, that's how you think. Like anytime someone asks you, oh, you want to come do this with me? Or you want to come here and do this? You want to come here and hang out and go there? It's like you, you're all automatically thinking, okay, well, is this going to be fun to me? Am I going to enjoy this? Is, it, is this going to benefit me? That is subconsciously always your first thought. Mm-hmm. So when you start walking in your relationship with God, that, that mindset's still kind of there. Like, even if it's not obvious, it's still there. Like you kind of hesitate. It's like, I don't know if this is going to benefit me. I don't know if it's going to look good, but it's like about really crucifying your flesh. Um, yeah. But I think the, that hmm, having that mentality is dangerous because it leads to really a callous heart. It leads to you giving your note to God because out of things looking, you know, not beneficial for yourself. And then you stop hearing his voice. Your heart becomes, you know, hardened because you're not listening to him. So all of this, all of this point of what I'm basically trying to say is like not running from the hard situations that mm-hmm. God, you know, is calling you into. It's not suffering. It's intimacy and kind of like always just putting yourself aside. It's not always about what you want and what you want to do. And if it seems like it's going to be beneficial to you. But it's about literally, which is as simple as it gets. If God's telling me to do it, I mean, what else? What else am I going to like do it? I mean, even if it don't look how you want it to look, you just got to do it. It's that fear of God that we talked about in a couple episodes ago. Fear of God. It's that fear of God. So, yeah, man, that was so fire when I when God showed that to me. I was like, bro, no, that's really <laughs> different. Yeah, that's very very different. That should be a drop, but. I would say the same. I would say I definitely have been in the same season or at least mindset of like suffering in the sense of like, you know, that whole aspect of, and I think we've mentioned it um, a few episodes ago, but it's like, yo, why me? This doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. And again, of like, yo, what value does this actually add to my life? Yeah. And, what does it mean to actually trust God even through that um, and do it well? I like that you mentioned that because sometimes we miss that even in that process because we always talk about being in a season of maybe of waiting and waiting on God in a way that is very much with a heart of obedience, mm. with a heart of servanthood and not that's one like that's nagging and or very distant or mm. not invested in this process, but it's a whole nother conversation where we're talking about a moment or season of suffering mm. and having that same attitude there yeah. of continuing to be obedient and steadfast and set on God and his word and what he wants you to be doing. Cause like I said, the escapism of Netflix, of yeah. that relationship of social media, whatever it may be for you, it may seem like the easy way out, right? And the suffering of when I'm going through all of this pain, uncertainty, doubt, frustration, it's easy to come back and 
you know, turn the TV on, then getting my word, yeah. right, to really press into the secret place mm-hmm. or to really still love someone even through the the way they're treating me. Yeah. Whatever it is, like, still doing that well, right, and that's what's going to produce it. It's not just suffering within itself because yeah. it always has an end goal. I mean, yeah, that's a fact. I mean, it's something that's highlighted throughout the Bible. Like I mentioned, I don't remember exactly what episode it was. I was talking about how they would always, like, talk about suffering with such of like a positive connotation like worthy of suffering like like happy about it and this like adds to it like this was kind of like on top of that kind of thing that i was dealing with god revealed this to me i was like bro this is a cheat code cheat code (laughs) i was like this is a key cheat code this is a key i got the revelation i heard the key dangling i was like yeah that's the one no but i got this i got this (laughs) (laughs) all right bro i got this uh so i got this book with me right now and um i wanted to give bible for what I was talking about at the latter end of my point about not being so self-seeking and not always doing things that seem personally beneficial because reading this was kind of like a big inspiration for me. I always seeing Bible for for anything always helps me. So this was in Esther. And I might butcher these names and I'm paraphrasing, but this is in Esther around <laughs> around chapter like two, two and four. Um, so basically the story is what happened is Esther was married to the king at the time, King Xerxes, I believe is how you pronounce it. I think that's right. Um, so she's married to him, right? And someone comes to the king, and they're like, "We want to go ki- kill all the Jews." Which Esther was a Jew, right? She was, a, but they didn't know that at the time. They didn't. They were unaware. And then the king was like, "Yeah, we can do that, right?" So, um, one of Esther's family members hears about it, and he knows like this is the king's wife. So, so he sends a messenger to her and says, "You have to go to the king and plead for our lives. Like we're we're about to die. You have to go, right?" So, Esther replies, "She's like." Everyone knows that if someone goes to before the king without him asking or calling them, they will die. Like he will kill them on the spot. Um, so this was this was the position she was in. She would not have benefited from going to the king at all. Like she's living a good life. Like she's in the she's in the palace. She's the king's wife. She has all the money, all the access to anything she could ever want. She would not have benefited from saving the Jews, like God's people, at all. Like she could have just been chilling. She could have just been cooling. Right. But she decides she she decides to ultimately go before the king. And Esther 415, it says, go and gather all the Jews and fast for me. Do not eat and drink for three days. My maids will do the same. And then, though it's against the law, I will go and see the king. If I must die, I must die. And I felt like when I read that, I was like, dang, imagine you was like in that same position. There literally was not much benefit, like real benefit to her. Like, yes, she could have saved her family but she had everything she could ever want you know what I mean and she was still willing like if I must die I must die so I feel like when I read that it kind of gave me perspective to that same mentality that you have to have when God's telling you to do something telling you to do something it's like yo whatever that whatever the consequence is or might seem like it is then I'm still going to follow through and do it um so yeah I thought yeah yeah I mean I think that goes to what people say we hear this a lot I don't know as much anymore, but I know growing up in church has been a thing of like suffering to the point of the cross or unto the cross. Yeah. To the point of death, right? Which may seem extreme or hyperbole or even yeah. exacerbated, but to the point of by any means. By any. Right? To follow him, yeah. to keep his commandments, um, no matter what may be on the other end of that obedience. Mm-hmm. And no matter how hard it may be actually walking through it as well when we talk about suffering. And so that makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's fire. Yeah, bro. 
So yeah, that's heat, man. Intimacy. Well, suffering, excuse me, is intimacy. It is, y'all. That's it what is. it is. So it it's is. all about just a difference or a shift, rather, mm. in perspective. In perspective. Because like you said, you're not going to... God never wastes pain, like I mentioned before. Yeah. Nor seasons of suffering. But it's only if... We have that perspective or see it that way. Mm-hmm. It's the only way. Like we can only get what he wants out of those particular moments if we go about it his way. Yeah. That's the only way. We can only do it if it's his equation that we're going by, not how we want to add it up. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think that that's something, a big thing that I took away from that, though. That's heat, man. Yeah. You never label an equation based on what it is, but based on the product, based on what you get from it. Man. Same mentality, bro. What? Bro. Bro took us to geometry. (laughs) (laughs) I took him to algebra, too. Algebra, too, is crazy for the podcast. (laughs) That's actually crazy, man. But no, I think that's the one right there, bro. What should we name it? What intimacy is? So, well, I keep saying it you wrong keep way. saying <laughs> I'm butchering your word. Suffering is intimate. I like that's suffering a good title. Is intimacy. It's that's a good title. yeah. That's the one right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, no. Nah, yeah, you ate that up. But nonetheless, let's get into it. What we the got? putting you on. I think I what like it at the end of the episode. Okay. I think it just smooth. It's more. It's smoother. Yeah. It flows well, and we can really just play it all the way through. So we're going to probably just keep it at the end now. Oh, but you can it. still see all the episodes. Not the episodes, but all the songs in the description. So oh, every- we, got, we got a return. We have a returner, <laughs> man. We have a returner to the Putting You On segment of the podcast. So we've played this artist before. And then after we did, everyone's in the DMs and the comments like, no, you have to play this song by him. Like, this is crazy. This is heat. And I was like, all right, bet. Like, let me check Let's it out. It. Let's do it. And, you know, I ran it. And I was like, it's the one. Okay. So this is uh, Kijan Boone. You feel what I'm saying? Shackles. So we'll see what this is all about. But hold on. Hey, they said they go crazy. It is nuts, though. I ain't going to lie. Tell me what y'all think. Long intro. Shackles is broken, no holding me down Had to humble myself, I was getting too proud Really thought I was lit with a couple of thousand Money used to be something, I don't care about it now Ain't the type to be fake, I won't hang with the crowd I got God with me, yeah, I don't need no one now And I ain't scared to die, cause I know I'm his child Gonna be lit up in heaven, I swear it's no doubt We gon' rock out in heaven, just like we a band okay. Oh my goodness, what? No my faith in the Lord, I feel like Abraham And I took all my plans, put them in his hand. Had a dream in the clouds, I ain't wanna land I really feel like I was close to him, I do the most for him He's like Noah, I might build a boat for him I'm like G-O-D, please my spirit, I can't even end up in hell. All my life it just seemed like Nah, he's lying, bro. This crazy, bro. That I really was ducking and dodging. He showed me a way to prevail. All them people that was in my life and they said that they love me. I'm sorry, but I couldn't tell. And I had to just cut off my people because I remember it was just me and like nobody else. Now I'm not going nowhere, but straight to the top for staying on, on the nah, gas. I never stop. Rain. I remember all them days. Them people wouldn't do nothing but pray that I would just fall. Now they steady be asking me when I'ma drop. Even though I stay working, I don't punch the clock. I've been busy doing great. The devil, he always be lurking, so I gotta watch. Shackles is 
something, I don't care about it now. Ain't the type to be fake, I won't hang with the crowd. Okay. God with me, yeah, I don't need no one now. And I ain't scared to die, cause I know I'm his child. We lit up in heaven, I swear it's no doubt. We gon' rock out in heaven, just like we a band. I need brothers in Christ, I don't care about no friends. Put my faith in the Lord, I feel like Abraham. And I took all my plans, put them in his hands. I had a dream in the clouds, I ain't wanna land. Cause I really yeah. feel like I was close to him, I do the most for him. Just like Noah, I might build a boat for him. Yeah, and so many people cross me, but we not in church. But I've been putting my feelings in the dirt. Living this world, man, I swear it's like a curse. All my people just end up getting hurt. I just be minding my business all day. Yeah, them demons still get up on my nerves. And I can just kill them by reading them a word. Gotta be grateful, cause nothing I deserve. And no, I ain't never worried about humility. They can touch me, but no, they ain't feeling me. They talk bad, but they can't match the energy. I try to not let them mess me up mentally. They step on like all of these beats. When they doubt me, I just be like, boy, are you kidding? Like, boy, are you kidding? Yeah, that holy water in my hand. I just had to put down a Hennessy. Holy water in my hand. I had to put down a Hennessy. Come on! Put down the Henny. Pick up God. <laughs> Pick up the holy water. Now that, yeah, like I say, you slid on that. Keep dropping on shackles. Y'all know what it is. But stay you. Stay real. And stay humble, man. Catch y'all Friday. Episode 100. Let's get it. Yes, sir.